God, we give you praise for your word. It's a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. I sing it out. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. And your way is the only way for me. It's a narrow road that leads to life. Narrow road, the mercy. 
And I ran out of that grave 
Talk about his mercy. Come on. Talk mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all I know. Say break at the weight of his glory. Let's think about what we're singing. Come on. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Sing it, church. But she called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. As your love is the end and I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my name. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you right now? God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in this place right now and not to sing these songs that are very, very easy to sing, God, but when we get into the, um, the heat of battle of life, can we throw that up there? Can we say, I take you at your word, God? And I'm reading your Bible, I'm reading the Word of God, and I hear what you say about your promises. I hear what you say about who I am. I hear what you say about forgiveness and love and mercy that we just sang about in this last song. Can I believe that, God? And Father God, we know it's true. We sing it and we, we live it. And when we're discouraged, the Spirit of God, uh, He encourages us. We thank you so much for not leading us on our own, but giving us your word and giving us other Christians and giving us the Holy Spirit and giving us, giving us prayer and giving us life groups and giving us Sunday mornings because those things encourage us and bring us closer and closer to you. And we thank you so much, God, for all those things. We thank you for the church. We trust you. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Let's sing this together. Terry, cheers, Mom. Savior, the 
Let's go. Praise people of God. Those are your voices. And you praise me. Go ahead and be seated right now. Give it up for our campus pastor, Chris Emmons. Give it up for him. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? Yeah, it's got cold, didn't it? 
Yeah, you're like, oh, where'd summer go? I was like, yeah, we're done. Um, so welcome to White Oak. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, a couple things I want to talk to you about. First and foremost, if you're new around here or this is your first Sunday, I want you to do a couple things for me. First of all, this QR code here on the screen, you can get your phones out. You can scan that with your camera. It's going to take you to a website, bwocc.com welcome. We would love for you to, if you're new around here, to click the button that says new here. Okay, let us know a little bit about you. We'd love to be able to just reach out to you. Me personally would love to reach out to you this week and just say thanks for being here. Offer to answer any questions you may have. Uh, be available to you if, you if you want to know more about White Oak. But that is a great place to go. There's also other great links out there that will show you other stuff that we have available. How to give, how to serve our kids and students. All kinds of great stuff there that you can check out for you and your family. So Please scan that. They're on the back of the seats in, in, in front of you, some of those, so make sure you're doing that. Second, if it's your first Sunday here, thank you. Thanks for coming today. We're glad you're with us. And we want to give you a little something as a way of saying thanks. So if after service, if you stop by the hub out in the lobby, it's right in the center of the lobby, you can't miss it, friendly, smiling faces there, they would love to give you a little gift as a way of saying thanks. So make sure you're stopping by there, letting them know, hey, this is my first Sunday. They'll give you a little gift as a way of saying thanks for being here. Now, if you're new around here, or this is your first Sunday, I'm also gonna tell you something coming up on November 5th that we would love for you to be a part of is something we call Discover White Oak. And Discover White Oak's a place where we, we spend some time on a Sunday morning. We do this during the nine o'clock service, okay? So we have breakfast together. We talk a little bit about White Oak's mission and vision. We share a little bit about what we, we believe here. We go through what things are available to you. It's a good chance for you to meet me, ask me any questions you may have, stuff that been, you've been thinking about. But it's also a great place to meet other people who are new around here. Again, it doesn't have to be your first Sunday or even within the last month. If you've been here for a little while but you wanted to know more about White Oak and what we believe and some of those and learn more about what we do, Sign up to come to Discover White Oak. It's a great program. Again, we do it on a Sunday morning, and we do it during our 9 o'clock service. We give you breakfast. So that's why we ask you to register. We'd love to know how much food to provide for you. So again, register for that. We would love to see you there November 5th. That's coming up here very shortly. So we'll want to have you at that. Now, for everybody in the room, next week we're going to kick off a new series that we're calling Courageous. We're looking at the book of Joshua and God called the Israelite people in, in the book of Joshua to be strong and courageous, to, move, to trust in what he can do through them. And so we're going to be going through that together as a church. And a part of that that we're really excited, we want every single person, all of you, hear me, all of you here, all of you watching online, everybody, we would love for you to be tied into a group, courageous group that's going through this material together, okay? We do that because that's how community happens, that's it. God designed us to have community with each other. He designed us to grow together, to learn shoulder to shoulder. So we're going to be having these courageous groups that are going to kick off as a part of that series. They're going to go four weeks. And so if you are not in a gr group currently that is studying courageous, that's going to go through courageous, we want to create opportunity for you. We want to give you an opportunity to sign up for one of these groups. We've got all kinds of nights of the weeks, all during the day, all kinds of places you can do this. I personally am leading one on Monday nights right here at our Ross campus. So if you want to be, and you're not going to want to miss this, okay, you're going to want to be part of one of these, you can sign up for these groups in a number of ways. You can go to that QR code that I mentioned earlier. You can go there, and you should be able to find a link to our homepage where you can find the groups link. You can go to just dwocc.com and then click Next Steps at the top of the page and then click groups, and you'll find those groups listed there. Or today, after service, out in the lobby right here, as you go out these doors, there's gonna be a table that says life groups. You can stop by there and talk to myself or someone else that'll be there, and we can help tell you how to get signed up, and there's a card there that you can pick up that'll even help you sign up. So again, we want everyone to be a part of one of these. You do not wanna miss this, so make sure you're signing up to be a part of one of our courageous groups it's four weeks. We'll be done with this before Thanksgiving, okay? Thanksgiving's close, right? That's crazy. Um, but make sure you're signing up to be one of, in part of one of these groups, okay? Guys, we are glad you're here for the final week in our series, Jesus the King. <laughs>
a really good plot twist. Uh, I remember growing up uh, when I was little, like elementary school, um, you know, you, you always seem like, well, yeah, I, I look like my parents. You know, I see my friends, they, they, if they have siblings, they look like each other, they always look like their parents. So I thought, oh, well, generally, I just look like my parents, right? Uh, in middle school, uh, my parents finally sat me down and told me, um, hey, you're adopted. Uh, it was a lot easier conversation than that, right? I think it was, they told me when I was old enough to understand the concept of what adoption was. And then I just thought, like, wait, I'm not supposed to look like you. I don't look like you. Uh, my whole life is a lie. Um, but, but it was a good plot twist, right? And I'm thankful for that. My, my adopted parents, uh, Dave and Sharon Crowell, they're amazing people. I grew up in the church. I'm thankful for that. Adoption is huge in my heart. Um, but that was, again, a big plot twist in my life. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, um, I used to mess with people a lot because I think you're just saying things to be nice. I remember this sweet old lady at our church was like, you look just like your mom. And I'd be like, you know my mom? Oh, my gosh. Tell me all about her. What's she like? Do I have siblings? And she's like, you don't know your mom? <laughs> and then I'd get in trouble because I messed with a sweet old lady. Like, uh, it is what it is, right? I was a high schooler. But not all plot twists can be good, right? Like, I, I'm, so I'm going to need some crowd participation in this one, right? Like, I, I want to get uh, some reactions from you guys. And so I want to practice. I'm going to give you scenarios and some plot twists, and I need three reactions from you guys. Okay, the first one is if you like the scenario, give me thumbs up. So everyone practice, give me thumbs up. Everyone, come on, give me thumbs up. All right. If you don't like the plot twist or the scenario, give me thumbs down. Okay. Now, if you love the scenario plot twist, give me a heart. Give me a heart here. Oh, I love y'all. Y'all good. All right. Here we go. You wake up that your phone didn't charge overnight. Give me your reaction. What do you think? Thumbs down. Yeah, no one should be like. All right. You're dreading cleaning up, doing some winter cleaning, but you go through an old closet and you find 20 bucks in an old jacket pocket. Oh, yeah. Oh, I may love that one. Who doesn't want 20 bucks, man? Yeah. Uh, 20 bucks, I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, your boss uh, comes to your office, tells you that um, the company's downsizing and being laid off. Yeah, terrible, terrible one. Unless you didn't like your job. I don't know. You find out you're allergic to your favorite food. Oh, terrible. Uh, terrible, terrible. All right. The Bengals finally win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on with it, yeah. Yeah. In order to get there, they beat the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Let's just say that, okay? I'm, I'm happy, yeah. Hey, come on. I want the Cowboys in it at least, all right? How about this one, though? Bob Castellini finally sells the Reds, but they move and leave Cincinnati. Oh. Yeah, come on. All right. How about this? You're hiding a bad habit from your spouse, and you finally get caught. Uh-oh. Yep, not good. Two more. You win tickets to a concert to a band you've never heard of before. I mean, I don't know. You check them out. It may be good. I don't know. You win tickets to Taylor Swift. Is that better? Come on. Yeah. You mean tickets to go see Travis Kelsey's girlfriend? All right. Last one. Students in the room or anyone you've been through school, you know this one. You did no studying for a test, but you get a B plus. What up? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Love it. I love it. One of my favorite movie plot twists comes in the movie uh, Avengers Affinity Wars. Now, again, this shouldn't be a spoiler. Y'all have plenty of time to watch this movie if you haven't seen it, so I'm not ruining anything here, right? So Thanos is this villain uh, in, in this series, and he's trying to capture all six of these Affinity Stones, right? And he wants to destroy half of the life uh, on, in the universe. The fifth time stone now is, is, is protected by Doctor Strange, right? And the only way Thanos can get this time stone is if Dr. Strange just surrenders it to him. And we think, Dr. Strange, you are our hero. There's no way you're going to allow Thanos to get that last stone and, and complete destruction of the universe. Well, uh, Dr. Strange apparently gives Thanos the, fi the final the stone, right, just to save a friend. He'd rather save a friend than save the whole, half of the whole universe. But he does it anyway. If you guys remember the movie, right, uh, Thanos gets all of them clicks his thumb, right, and then half of the universe is, is destroyed. You know, we see the end of the movie, half of our heroes being destroyed and gone away uh, in a cloud of ashes. Sometimes, like the end of Affinity Wars, right, a plot twist leaves us feeling like we've run out of options. Like things are beyond repair, 
Maybe for some of you, you've experienced a plot twist like this, right? When you've watched this relationship just fall apart, no matter how hard you tried to work on it. Someone you've been praying for, for healing, eventually passes away. You make this huge mistake, right? And you're still dealing with these consequences. Or maybe you lost your job after several successful years of climbing the business ladder. Sometimes we face these plot twists that leaves things or even us just seemingly beyond repair. So when things feel hopeless, like we ask ourselves, man, is this the end of my story? When things or situations seem dead, man, is there no way to resurrect them? Or could there be hope for something more? Right throughout scripture, we hear this word uh, sin a lot. We don't typically hear it outside of the church. So sin, again, just it means anything that goes against what God wants for us. It's the thing responsible for so much hopelessness and brokenness that we see and we experience. Sin can sometimes be something that we choose, right? It can also be something that uh, is done to us. But either way, like sin, it just causes damage. It causes damage to us, to others, and to our closeness with God. Luckily for us, like we have one of the greatest plot twists of all time. So you guys have your Bibles. Go ahead and open them up to Mark chapter 15, verse 33. If you guys don't have a Bible, man, we love to bless you with one on your way out. Man, stop by the hub. Chris mentioned the hub. Uh, we got Bibles there. Grab one. Take it home with you. We want you to have one if, if you don't have one. So at this point in our story, we see Jesus who was sold out by a trusted friend, Judas, right? He was arrested. He was put on trial. He was disowned by another trusted friend, Peter. He stood before Pilate, and literally a crowd of people demanded that this murderer be set free instead of Jesus. But then Jesus was beaten. He was whipped. He was mocked. He was stripped. He was spit on. And he had to carry this cross, which he was eventually hung on and died. So we pick up here in Mark 15, 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lehem sabachthaniah, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those standing near heard this, and they said, listen, he's calling Elijah, right? One of the prophets from the Old Testament. Someone ran, filled this sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah, again, this prophet, right, comes down to take, take him down, he says. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last breath. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and son of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up to him in Jerusalem were also there. Jesus, the man, was supposed to be the Messiah. This man was supposed to come and overthrow the government, right, and bring freedom to his people. And now this guy hangs on a cross dead and then was laid to rest in a tomb. Can you imagine what his disciples felt like? Like, is this the end of the story? You spent three years traveling with this guy. Your life was wrapped up around Jesus. You hung out with him. You ate with him. You had fun with him. You performed miracles with him. You were with him in every waking moment of your life. You even had your own preconceived notions about what he was and what he was going to do. And now he's dead. And when things are dead, like, there's no coming back. That's the end. Yeah, maybe for some of us, like we, we've experienced a dead end of a marriage before, or a dead end of a job, a dead end of a direction, a dead end of a major in college, a dead end of a sport that we are playing, a dead end in your self worth. And now you're left confused and wondering why, or is this the end of my story? Let's keep reading in Mark, Mark 16, 1 through 8. 
When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were there on the way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here anymore. Look, see the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. You see, days after Jesus' public execution, Mary, one of Jesus' closest followers, went to visit the tomb. Now, she didn't show up expecting a new chapter in this story, right? She knew that Jesus had died. She was there to mourn the story that had just ended. She was there to mourn the story, right? Jesus' followers were grieving the loss of their friend. They were grieving the loss of their hope. They were grieving the loss of their identity. And then when they entered the tomb and Jesus' body wasn't there, it, like there wasn't this immediate good news, right? Like it didn't seem like there was just one more sick plot twist at the end of the movie, right? They didn't think, oh, well, maybe he's alive, like, I've never seen a dead person come back to life before. Maybe, just maybe. Let alone seeing this angel there who frightens them. And now this angel is telling them Jesus is alive? Like, what? Come on. I know we typically celebrate this moment uh, during Easter season. You know, as Jesus followers, this is the plot twist victory that we should live in in every single day of our lives. We get to celebrate the real plot, plot twist that we know now was waiting for the disciples on that Sunday morning thousands of years ago. Jesus was and is and is very much alive. Death and sin did not have the last word. But this plot twist, right, it wasn't just for Jesus' friends back then, and it is for us today. Because Jesus is still alive, and he's still defeating sin and death. In the midst of death, grief, loss, hopelessness, Jesus has the power to change your story by bringing life and hope into dead and hopeless places. Y'all, Jesus is alive. When sin leads to destruction and brokenness, it doesn't seem like there's hope or change or redemption for us. I know I've been there. I feel it. With Jesus, there is always one more plot twist in the works. What happened on that first Easter is proof that when sin brings death, Jesus is alive and Jesus brings life. The resurrection story it's not about everything turning out exactly the way we plan or expect it to. But it's about realizing that broken things are not doomed to stay broken forever. There's this Japanese art called Kintsugi. Everyone say that with me. Kintsugi. Everyone say it. Kintsugi. This is fun to say. Right? It literally translates to golden joinery. Right, check that out. I don't know if you guys have seen this before. It's awesome. It's the art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with dusted mixed powder of like gold, silver, or platinum. It's awesome. It's understood as this justification of highlighting cracks and repairs as events in the life of an object rather than allowing its service to end at the time of damage. I think, I think these bowls look super rad. Right? Even people have started manufacturing these bowls brand new because they were so popular and they look so cool. What I love about the bowl is that we don't have to stay broken. Our relationship with God doesn't have to stay broken. Our world doesn't have to stay broken. Because Jesus is alive and now there is hope and there is life where there used to be death and hopelessness. So, so how can we make this a reality? 
right? How can we submit ourselves and our brokenness to Jesus so he can help bring new life to us? I got two, two things for us. Number one, man, grieve what is broken. Grieve it. We can sometimes get so wrapped up and excited about the joy and the hope of Jesus' victory over sin that, that we fail to acknowledge all the pain that is caused. Look, while we certainly have reason to celebrate, look, it doesn't erase the sin or the pain and hopelessness that it causes. Y'all, it's okay to grieve. We grieve our pain when someone we love is hurting or we lose someone or something important to us. Look, it's normal to feel all sorts of these feelings. Jesus isn't asking us to pretend that everything is okay. It's okay to grieve what brings pain. When Jesus grieved in John 11, one of his friends, Lazarus, had passed away. Check this out. In John John 11, uh, 32 and, and 35, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. She's talking about her brother, Lazarus. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, they replied. And then Jesus wept. Jesus cried. He grieved over the loss of a friend that a broken world had caused. And he grieved fully knowing that he was going to bring his friend back from the dead. If you guys know the rest of the story, Jesus resurrects Lazarus from back from the dead, but he took time to grieve. Grieve our pain. Grieve our sin. When we realize we have caused harm by falling short of what God wants for us, it's not only normal to experience grief, it can also be helpful. We can and should grieve the mistakes that we've made and the pain that we've caused. Sit in it. Feel the weight of it. Then we need to let that grief push us to make things right. Number two, we ask God to restore what has been broken. When we let ourselves see and grieve the things that are broken in and around us, it could definitely feel overwhelming or awkward. But remember, we have hope. We have a solution. You take those things to Jesus and ask him to bring new life into the things that are broken. Only Jesus can conquer sin and death. Only he can transform us. Only he can bring new life to things that are dead and broken. And here's the crazy thing. This, this, this blows my mind, and I think it's something we either forget about or we choose to ignore it. The same power that parted seas, that made giant city walls fall, the power that healed the sick and the lame, the power that cast out demons, the same power that fed over 10,000 people with fish and bread, the same power that brought Jesus Christ himself back from the dead. Y'all, that power is living in you. In you. Same power. So let me ask you, what's dead in your life? What is broken that needs healing? What secret sin are you living in that you need to surrender to the power of Jesus? What relationships have tension in your life that you need Jesus to bring new life to? Y'all, the power is there. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive and active and ready to take your broken pieces, slap on some gold dusting into the broken cracks and make you new, make your situation new, bring new, bring you into the full life that he has promised you. Jesus is the king, rather you acknowledge him or you don't. He's a king. I, for one, choose to acknowledge him as king. I, for one, choose to make him the ruler of my life and to give him my sin, to give him my brokenness. Even in Jesus' death, he showcased that he was the son of God. Jesus' resurrection gives us hope that we, too, can have that eternal life. 
It shows that Jesus conquered sin and death, offering us forgiveness and a fresh start. The resurrection is a powerful reminder of God's love for us and the promise of new life through faith in Jesus. How are you going to live in light of the power of the resurrection? What is God wanting to bring back to life in you? Your hope, your relationships, your identity, your future. Now is the time for us to make a decision, right? It's time, it's, it's, it's time to stop straddling the fence, right? Pick a side. Maybe for you, it's acknowledging for the first time that Jesus is the king and that Jesus is the Messiah. Maybe for you, it's, it's time to leave your old life in the water and get baptized. For some, it's time to confess that sin is keeping us dead in our walk with Jesus. Or maybe we just need to extend forgiveness in a relationship. Whatever that is for you, y'all, I'm challenging us today, all of us, myself included, I'm challenging myself. Take that next step in your faith journey. I don't know where you're at. Jesus does. I want to invite you to do that today. Right, we're going to sing one last song. Right, and we'll have some people down here at front to pray with you, to love on you, to encourage you, to talk about next steps, whatever that looked like for you. That Jesus is alive. That same power that same resurrection power lives inside of you. Do not leave this place the same way you came in today. Don't do it. Don't do that to yourself. Leave your change today. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you loved us despite of ourselves, despite of our sin, despite of our brokenness, and you sent your son to die a horrible death that we deserve to make a way for us to be right in you. Thank you that your son Jesus is alive and the power is living inside of us today, Father. I pray for all of us in this room. Help us, convict us, Father. Challenge us, Father, to make a next step. Where are you calling us to, God? I don't want to leave this place the same way. Move me, Father. Move my friends in this room. Help us to surrender to you what is broken and what needs a new hope, Father. God, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Stand together and sing, friends. Think about the resurrection, resurrection, death of Jesus, sing with Terry, all right? How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night and through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is the finished the end is written Jesus Christ my So great a mercy, what heart could fathom, such boundless grace. The God of heaven stepped down from her glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King Kings calls me his own. You 
the lights right now and take communion so go ahead and raise the lights just because if you missed it back there you can grab it go ahead and grab the bread and the juice and um, I just gotta say this was that an awesome sermon this morning or what give it up guy can preach I told him that and he he got embarrassed so um, his face is red but uh, sorry now I want to think about uh, Jesus death but just specifically also sometimes when we take communion because we have the bread, we have the juice, we don't always think about the resurrection. And I think Andy really reminded us about that today. So when we take the bread and we take the juice, let's remember that um, he is risen. He is risen. And I uh, remember when I was a kid, I had a, <clears throat> had a preacher. He preached on Easter morning. And he said, you know, we, we, should be, we should be thinking about Easter every day. It shouldn't just be on Sunday. It shouldn't just be on Easter Sunday. It should be every day that we think about his death, but also the fact that he's risen. So let me pray for you. Let's take the bread and the juice. God, we thank you for sending your son. We thank you that he is alive. And he died for a very specific purpose. He died uh, to make things right. And uh, we have a living hope because of your son. As we take the bread and the juice, help us to remember that, uh, yes, you died, but um, you rose. We love you. Amen. We're going to take the bread and the juice whenever you're ready.
praise you, God, for your son. We praise you for your sacrifice, Lord. Amen. All right, well, we're going to go into our time of offering right now. And, um, yeah, go ahead and throw up the ways to give. These are the ways that you can partner with White Oak. Um, just want to have a prayer for the offering. So many amazing things happening around White Oak. One of the big ones, um, and I'll, I'll pray, and then we'll go into that. But we have this um, really cool season that's happening starting next week called Courageous. It's called Courageous. It's a new series. Um, love to get everybody into a courageous group. You will be so blessed uh, if you do this. Chris mentioned it earlier. He'll mention it again. But let me pray for you, and then um, we'll think about what God's going to do here in the next few weeks. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give, the opportunity to partner with what you're doing, and um, to help you expand your kingdom. We love you, and we pray all these things in um, your name. Amen, God. Help us to be more courageous. So yeah, starting next week, Darren said it, we will be kicking off our Courageous ser Series. You're not going to want to miss this. It's going to go straight up to the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, we want you guys to be here for all of that. And as Darren mentioned, I cannot tell you how important it is. We want you all to be a part of one of these courageous groups during those four weeks. We're going to do this for four weeks, okay, out of the 22nd. So please, please, please consider being a part of one of those. I'll be out in the lobby, out at the table, right by the doors here. Love to talk to you about signing up for one of those groups. Love to see you at one of those groups, okay? Um, so make sure that you're uh, signing up today to be a part of one of those. We cannot wait to kick off this series with you. It's going to be a great, great time. So, guys, if it's your first Sunday again, thank you for being here. We're so glad you're with us. Um, stop by the hub. Pick up a little gift as a way of saying thanks. And for everybody, if you're new around here and you've never shared with us, scan the QR code here that's on the screen on some of the seat backs, some out in the lobby even. Let us know a little bit about you. Love to reach out to you and say hi. So, guys, have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next Sunday.